Previously on the Jay and Dan podcast. Mm-hmm. So, Stoff, I sent you the information on our next guest. Did it come through? Yeah, can you just send it again a little more uh, zoomed in? Because when I zoom in on it, it blurs all the numbers. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then it's... Is that an F? That, that's what I'm wondering. I got it as an F. Mm-hmm. 721, maybe? 721. I think, keep, I think we should keep this in, in the podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm, I'm loving this she sent part me a of link. the podcast. Mm-hmm. She sent me a link. <laughs> that's to your email, stuff. To my email? Mm-hmm. Now you got to click on your your camera. Okay, let's... Okay. It says no device found. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, Christ. <laughs> This is fun. This is fun. You're listening to the Jay and Dan podcast. Brought to you by our friends at McDonald's. Dance. Dance. Hey, we're on the, we're zooming it up. We've never done Zoom before for the podcast. This is our first one. We usually use Skype. But uh, as you heard in the intro for last uh, week's podcast, Skype, not easy. Skype is a great uh, app. It's uh, a wonderful tool. Again, just the Skype IDs. And people who have Skype know what we're talking about. The Skype IDs are unnecessarily complicated. Whoa, I've got 20% battery remaining on this phone? Ooh, that's not good. Ooh, not good at all. Well, we'll see how far we get through it. We're, we've started <laughs> it now. We've started hey, it now. Uh, hopefully people are seeing the video portion of this because it looks like over the weekend you joined rock band Arkells. <laughs> no, my hair is uh, taking an interesting turn. It's naturally curly. No, the hair then- the hair and the shirt. Like you, you could step right on stage. People are like, oh, yeah, he's in the band. Yeah, I did the, uh, I got the, the short sleeve, the Homer Simpson shirt on. But this one does that thing where if you unbutton the top button, it doesn't really look, it looks like I have the button done up. I was saying, I posted <laughs> earlier on my uh, Instagram stories that uh, our friend, our good friend and uh, professional snowboarder and broadcaster, Craig McMorris, he always wears his short sleeve shirts buttoned up like this. So I said I was channeling my inner Craig McMorris. So that so shout out to Craigers. We should get Craigers on the podcast soon. Yeah, we should. He's the best. Yeah, he'd be great. I'm wearing a dress shirt. And if I go one butt more, it looks like daddy came to play. <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't know. I've gotten crazy, okay? Come on, it'll be fine. I understand. I'm just pouring myself a beer, Dan, because... Uh, Normally, I, you and I are, have kind of become red wine people, but I'm drinking a beer because the old tummy's not feeling so good right now. Oh, no. And uh, beers, I find, help me very much. So cheers to you guys, and a happy uh, Victoria Day long weekend. Cheers. I'm drinking my, uh, my now standard hot water. It's just a lovely treat for the palate. Just hot water? I mean, on yeah. these podcasts, I feel like we can let loose a little bit and uh, maybe uh, have an alcoholic beverage. Toolsy, you've changed. You're a teetotaler now. Is well, that what you call it, the teetotaler? Okay, can I get a wine? Is that possible? Who are you asking? You. <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Definitely get Could yourself a wine. Oh, no. I'll drink another beverage that's not a wine, but uh, it'll be easier to consume because I don't have a wine opener with me. What's that, a wine cooler? <laughs> it's a Rockaberry cooler. <laughs> Do they still make wine coolers? Uh, I don't 
think so. My buddy Joe Clark, who you know, I'm Clarky. Uh, uh, a happy happenstance. A happy happenstance. Uh, happy on happenstance. On Sunday, driving by his place, and um, they had a bunch of like baby shower stuff in their front lawn. So I stumbled upon a driveway baby shower where I saw Clarky, and Clarky, that was his go-to. What are you gonna pound some a six-pack of Rockaberry coolers this weekend? He dropped that line again on Sunday. So he's been dropping that line since like the early nineties. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good line to hold on to. The Rockaberry cooler line. Because yeah. I was talking to my uh, my niece, and she, her, and her friends, and she's like, I don't know, nineteen. I think she's of drinking age. Maybe it's iffy. And uh, she told me uh, that all her pals drink the White Claws. It's all White Claws. Because I feel like the White Claws are the, the Rockaberry coolers of their time. Well, it's funny you say that. There it is. There you go. Because I'm all out of Coors Light, that's why. I know. That's what I'm drinking right now, a delicious Coors Light. And uh, it's actually making my tum-tum feel much better. I... So I had three poops today. When you have a three poop day, so for some people, I think for old people, that's good. But for me, that's that's bad. That's not good. That's uh, good at all. So see, I, in between when we taped our show. That's TMI. TMI. Is it is it too much info? I thought that we could talk about anything on this podcast. <laughs> Stoff, how are you? Are you regular? I'm doing all right. <laughs> if the status changes i will let you know stuff you um normally have this crazy cool background but you said you weren't able to get it to go here so we're seeing the real office and i gotta say it's pretty cool you look like a detective from a 1970s like detective show starring james garner that's the idea it's the motif i was going for all right <laughs> Hey, did you guys watch uh, NASCAR or UFC? UFC uh, was Saturday, their final event in Jacksonville. And then uh, we had racing from Darlington on Sunday. It felt like a kind of regular weekend because every time you turn on TSN, there was golf or UFC or racing. We have all the live sports. And then we have an Xfinity race on Tuesday. And um, and then we're running – this is kind of cool. We're, we're running the 1998 NBA Finals with the Jazz and Bulls. I'm not sure why we're doing that because it's not, it's not like there's a documentary out about that team or anything. But um, I love that we're running that. I think I'm going to watch all six of those games. I know. Uh, oh, and they're playing lots of promos for our show on TSN, which is great. Um, I have a promo um, that they should run because we've got all the sports – it could be like quarantine, quora f off. We've got sports. How about, you know, like the uh, there's a McDonald's and shout out to McDonald's, our sponsor. We love you guys so much. Uh, but there's a McDonald's fast food competitor that I won't name, Dan, because I think I named them in a previous episode and I regretted it. So I won't name them, but they do have a slogan I think I can name, and it's we have the meats. So couldn't TSN's slogan be, we have the sports, simple, effective, clean? Yeah, uh, I, I could go for that. Hey, and I spoke to someone over the weekend. Who the hell? Oh, it was my buddy uh, Lawrence, who was also at the, uh, the driveway uh, baby shower. He got one of the, um, the COVID tests, said it was the most painful thing he ever experienced in his life. What, up the schnoz? Yeah. Oh, yeah, so said, so it's like a swab. It's like a swab, like a Q-tip up your up your nose, and they go to the back of your nose because that's where the COVID sits. 
Oh gosh. My oh, erections have returned. Awful. <laughs> that sounds oh that's no good. So let's go back to my pooping. So I have my regular one in you know the morning, all good there. Then I have pierogies for lunch. Everything seems fine. No, nope, gotta hit the toilet again. And then Toolsy, I uh in between taping our TV show and this podcast. I had like uh, I was like Jeff Daniels and Dumb and Dumber. I don't know what's going on with me today. What did you eat? We had these, uh, and they were delicious. I got, but they were they were hot dogs wrapped in uh, puff pastry. They were almost like sausage rolls, but with like hot dogs in them. And it was a barefoot Contessa recipe that my wife stole. And uh, if the barefoot Contessa, she's she's she knows her stuff, so you, you figured it would be safe, but. Uh, my wife made them. My wife, and uh, then I had to poop my pants. So, so it wasn't wrong. it wasn't a pogo. No, no, it's similar to a pogo, I guess. In, Where is the banana hot in uh, on paper? But it, but uh, kind of a lighter uh, pastry around it. So it was very delicious and a great idea. I really enjoyed it going down, but it didn't feel so good coming out. Hmm, that's like a lot of foods I think on Earth. Yeah, that's a good point. Or maybe I'm just drinking too much in this. Have whole, you reached uh, the quarantine. point though that you? Uh, it's hard to find joy in food because that's all we seem to be doing. No, no, <laughs> I, 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 I'm perfectly happy. Uh, though Dan, this Saturday I tried to put together a little tykes uh, picnic uh, playhouse, and um, I nearly died. I was nearly not here with you because it was so frustrating. The instructions were so. How many, how many parts? Like 500? No, like eight. <laughs> hey, uh, sorry, I'm uh, having some, some freshly toasted nuts. But someone, on Twitter, someone on Twitter said something about you eating on the podcast, and they asked if you'd stop doing that, but I've never known you to eat that much on the podcast. Uh, Other than... The the fillet like fish. a fillet of fish thing when we do that, yeah, right, right. But someone said something else, like like you were eating nuts or something last week, and that they wanted you to stop that. And I I didn't remember that. Here's the problem because of our taping schedule and the fact that I'm doing all this from my kitchen, it interrupts when I make dinner. So I've got dinner in the oven as we do this podcast right now. I've got some acorn squash, and I sent out a tweet earlier this week or last week. I said, I got acorn squash. If I put it in the oven now, it should be done by September because uh, – oh, sorry. I'm getting a phone call here. Let's, let's uh, deny that. That's just my – Oh, yeah. Sorry, Sandra. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I've got the acorn squash. There's no quick way of cooking these things. Minimum two hours. Yeah, I don't know anything about acorn squash, but what I find interesting is obviously it's delicious because you complained about this very thing last week, and yet here you are going back to the well with acorn squash again. So even though it takes a lot of time, it must have satisfied your tum-tum. It's also the only thing left in the kitchen to uh, eat. Okay. <laughs> All right, that's, that makes sense then. I understand. You're, But you are a good cook, but you are just tired of cooking. You'd like to get out. On the time I noticed our our, uh, our friend Joel Gottlieb, former uh, CFRN anchor Dan, he uh, and his girlfriend I noticed they went to uh, Earl's downtown, the old Tin Palace, right in Edmonton on Jasper Avenue for dinner 
over the weekend. So obviously restaurants have reopened in Alberta to a certain extent, and I'm sure the tables are spaced out and all that. But, uh, but he, you know, he just alluded to the fact that, yeah, it was worth it, you know, just to be able to get out and have dinner and, and not cook. It's a, it's a nice treat for sure. Yeah. Not cleaning dishes is amazing. Right. Not spending an hour to cook a meal that's done in 10 minutes. I got to tell you, this beer is going down so beautifully. I don't drink much beer anymore, but I might start again. I might start again. <laughs> the problem is I have to pee so much drink beer. A lot of talk about my bowels and my urethra right now. Uh, well, the sense is everything's flowing through you, so that's good. It's not backlogged. Yeah, that's true. I mean, things are working. They might just be working a little bit. <laughs> river, river time. A little bit too well. <laughs> hey, who's our guest uh, for this podcast? Oh, this is very exciting, Dan. Our guest is a, uh, a Canadian broadcaster who has been uh, plying his trade in America for the last two decades or so. Is that correct? Uh, plying his trade? Yep. I don't know. Anyway, uh, so he is uh, Ken Daniels. And he is the longtime play-by-play voice of the Detroit Red Wings on Fox Sports Detroit. And uh, Ken is Canadian. Uh, I believe he's from Toronto. And uh, Kenny D has been on the podcast with us before, I believe, Dan. Yeah. But he he sent us, uh, I guess he must get TSN because he's been watching our our, uh, Jane Dan at home shows. Me in my basement, you in your kitchen where you're doing the podcast right now. Well, I guess I'm also in my basement. So uh, he says he's been really enjoying them. So we wanted to talk to Kenny, see how he's doing. Um, Yeah, just check in on him and and see what he thinks about the odds of NHL returning because it kind of seems like on Monday, the day we're taping this podcast, things continuing to ramp up a little bit more. There was talk about four hub cities, and Bob McKenzie and Pierre Lebrun sort of alluded to maybe going down to two hub cities. And one of those hub cities maybe being Las Vegas, which has always been, in my opinion, the perfect hub city. You got all those hotels, they're empty right now. You got the big NHL arena right there, boomsies. Players will be happy. Um, probably halfway through the time that they're there, they'll probably reopen the casinos and then it'll be a <laughs> show. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that's a great idea. Here's Michael, the thing do Vegas though. and Toronto. Do Vegas Here's and the, Toronto. They keep talking, but. You know, once they announce these cities and they finally agree to all this. So what's our date right now? It's May 18th. Uh, my sister's birthday was uh, yesterday, May 17th. Um, I gave her a, a gift in her driveway. Um, everything, okay, you can talk about it. You can finally agree to it. Then the players have to fly to the hub city and be quarantined for 14 days. So right. it's another 14 days once they figure all this out. So you're looking at mid-June. Minimal. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. If they're able to get it done, you know, and agree to everything quickly. And again, it goes back to what Devin Dubnik said a couple of weeks ago, Dan, no matter where it is, if it's in, you know, if it's in Vegas, if it's in Vancouver, if it's in Edmonton, Devin Dubnik is saying, I'm not leaving my family. Well, if the Minnesota Wild, they do this 2014 format and the Minnesota Wild are in it and Devin Dubnik's like, eh, sorry, I'm not coming. And then, like, if certain players say they're just not going to do it and they're going to forego the money, what happens exactly? Like, do, do teams just play on with, with lesser teams? And then if a team wins the Stanley Cup against these teams that don't have a full complement of players, it's the same thing with baseball. Like, um, who was it, Blake Snell last week saying he didn't want to play and 
And so if some players play and some don't, like, is the World Series legitimate? I think that's the biggest thing that we aren't talking about here, Dan, is that if they finish the season and award the Stanley Cup, is it forever a Stanley Cup that has an asterisk next to it? Oh, a thousand percent. And if players play and then the players that don't, are the players that play seen as scabs? Like, does this does this cause, like, a discord in the union? Yeah, it's a great question. I, because I a lot of these know. guys, think of some of the guys, the career earnings of these guys. They're like, I don't need the money right now. But the younger guys are like, okay, I only have a limited shelf life. I need that money. Uh, I'm making $2 million a year. I need a million dollars. And not only that, but, you know, as I think we discussed last week, and Jeff Passan from ESPN made such a great point, no matter what you're talking about, we've all got buddies like this, no matter how much money everyone's making, no matter what business you're talking about, the biggest money earners in the world, there's always someone who's stretched themselves too far. Even if it seems like they shouldn't have, there's always someone who's living paycheck to paycheck, even if they're making $10 million a year. So those guys, you know, might just be like, no, I can't, I, I got to get there. I got to play. And you're right. There might be other guys who just decide they're not going to do it. You know, a lot of the Europeans may. And, Right, uh, I've been here for the last six weeks, and they might just be like, maybe I don't want to come over. I always go back to Gary Payton's point. Um, we used to work with him at Fox in LA, and we were talking about someone's contract. We're like, oh, can't they take like a, a like a hometown deal, like for a million or two less? He's like, you know how much a million dollars is? <laughs> like he's, they're yeah. like, yeah, but so they should have that same reasoning. Like, okay, we're gonna get half our salary, but still, that's a lot of money. But again, but again, I, I don't want to like throw those guys under the bus because yes, you, you're a health set risk and and families that have uh, the, like uh, kids that might be um, uh, on the list of okay, these people they have pre-existing conditions in which COVID will attack. So yes, you, why would you ever want to put your family in jeopardy like that, or a spouse, or anyone like that, or uh, maybe they have their parents living at their house? Why would they want to put those people in jeopardy? I think it's all about the money. I think it's. I think the the health thing is a convenient excuse. Personally, in a lot of cases, like if you're talking about Blake Snell, he said, "Well, I'm putting my health at risk." But the first thing he was talking about is how I have to take a pay cut, then I have to take a share of the revenue, and I don't want to do that. And in the end, I'm going to end up with a quarter of what I should be making. I think really it comes down to money. And Steve Phillips made that point on our show last week that for for most of these players, it's really about the money, and. Uh, uh, you know, you yourself at risk if you're going to, to get groceries every week, right? I mean, I get that you're playing professional sport. Blake Snell's like a pitcher, right? He's not in contact with a ton of people if he doesn't want to be. So I don't know. I I uh, I, I do understand their point. Like they want to be paid what they want to be paid. But in baseball, for example, if there's no one in the stands, just logically as a person, you have to realize that revenues are down, right? Don't you have to realize that? And the fact that you're playing half the games? Yes, you but have the, to realize that. we've discussed this before the players have always had a mistrust towards the owners and they think, yes. okay, let's see your books. And then are these even the real books? Like it's right. just, it, exactly. And especially in baseball, right? In, in baseball, there's just a massive amount of distrust between the players and ownership there. And um, you're, you're absolutely right about that. Yeah. Same with the CFL, right? You know, the CFL, Dave Naylor brought that up. Like, well, maybe they need to open their books, you know, if they if they want to get money from the federal government. 
I just don't think any ownership group is ever going to open their books to the public, but maybe the CFL will have to do it. Um, if they want to get that, that federal cash, um, they need to keep going. You know who I think <laughs> figured out while I was at this driveway, um, this driveway baby shower, I learned that uh, a friend that I went to high school with like two weeks before all this stuff went down, he uh, sold everything and went to Costa Rica. Didn't tell anyone. Was he married? Nope. Oh, okay. Well then who cares? But that's uh, he, that's the right plan. That's the plan. Yeah, to I mean, have right if you're now. not married, if you're not married, if you don't have family, like you can kind of, yeah. That's the it. ultimate. That's my dream. That's the ultimate Irish exit. I don't know if Costa Rica would be my number one, but you could, you could live for a long time. I think there on a reasonable amount of money. So maybe it would be a pretty good choice. Have you heard from him since? Has anyone talked to him? No, no one's ever wrong. What did he do for a living? Uh, no clue. I hadn't seen him in like 30 years. You had no idea whatsoever what he did for a living? No. Maybe a hired assassin? Yeah. Oh, Teddy Daniels is on Spe the line. Speaking of, a, speaking of a hired assassin. There they are. Fox there they are. Detroit. Decade, couple of decades ago, Fox Detroit said we need a hired assassin play-by-play -play man. We got to go to Canada to get it, and that's exactly what they did. Look at this guy, beautiful beard. You look fantastic. How are you, my friend? Good. You're still stuck in your basement. What happened to Raisin Dan? Did you move that out of the way? Well, there was <laughs> that's a good question. A lot of people were saying, "How much is a Raisin brand paying you?" And then we had to <laughs> always tell them, "We're like, no, it's Raisin Dan." Finally, they're like. Can you just take it out of the shot? I'm like, okay. <laughs> I noticed it. I noticed it first night. It, it looked, uh, oh, it looked great. I couldn't wait for you guys to come back on, in all honesty. Right now, as a matter of fact, I'm watching the Leafs and Oilers from 82, and it's uh, Bob Cole with Mickey Redmond and Bobby Hull. So wow. Great. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, so You're I just taped Mickey. a portion. I just taped that a bit is... to give it to Mickey. Yeah, it's pretty I cool. was going to ask you about Mickey, Kim. Are you in contact with Mickey? Uh, how's he doing? How's he handling self-isolation? He's working on a house next door. He, he bought houses on both sides of him. So basically, he owns the street. He's on a cul-de-sac, so he's redoing them. So he had to be on hold for a while. Now, you know, like I'll call him in the morning. And he doesn't get to me back at night. And I said, what the hell, Mick? Where were you all day? He goes, I was under a truck all friggin' day, and we were doing the siding. So he's just... He's busy all the time, but he's so careful because he's 70, born in 47, so he's going on 73. And uh, he's just worried, you know, about Corona. So he's very, very careful. I did a thing for the Red Wing site the other day, and they, one of the questions was on Instagram was, uh, can you can you FaceTime Mickey? So I called him on the ground, held the phone up, and he said, you know, stay safe, clean your hands, you know, and all this. So he's very worried about it, but he's doing good. He's doing good. That's good. Yeah, good night, I, hey, Kenny, before all this happened, um, I got to tell you, Detroit is one of my favorite weekend cities to go to now. You, I heard you say that you, one time. I you, have, you have lived through the resurgence. You've seen Detroit at its worst, and you've seen it now getting back to its feet, and now this happens. But Detroit, what a turnaround that city's seen. I'd love to say that I saw it at its worst, but when it was at its worst, I never went downtown, so I never saw it. <laughs> now, <laughs> right? <laughs> now... Now, yeah, restaurants and, and, and Grey Ghost, which is my favorite spot. You guys ever come to town or Dan, you're coming. I'll get you to restaurants and Grey Ghost is, they'll look after you. It's just outstanding. And, and we order from there. We do curbside. I drive downtown 
John Vermiglio is from Chicago and a bunch of their restaurants now for after games are right near Little Caesars Arena. Yeah, downtown is awesome there. You know, you still got to be careful in certain spots, of course, but it, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. What is, and what about the new arena now, Ken? I guess it's a couple years old. Is it? Um, it's nice to have a new arena, but do you do you miss the Joe a little bit? Uh, do I miss the Joe? Yeah, I miss the people. I miss. I miss yeah. the. I miss the. Um, I, yeah, I miss the intimacy. I miss the intimacy of the Joe. You walk in the back door, you knew everybody. You know, uh, Mark and Dave, the parking lot guys, and just going Eugene in the elevator and. It's just, you, you miss those people. You, I think you, we all, I think during a pandemic, we all miss intimacy. <laughs> <laughs> there is that. Unless you're, stuck in, unless you're stuck inside with one person for months. Yeah. You're, you're not married, are you, Dan? Uh, not at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> hey, give him a few minutes. By hey, the end of call. No, no, hey, no. When, when do you think, Kenny, when are we getting hockey back, Kenny? When do you think? I'm thinking, um, I'm thinking mid-December. Yeah. What? Yeah. Are, are you of that mind? Like you don't feel that we're going to finish this season? No, finish the season for play-ins? Yeah, maybe. Maybe for play-ins. But, I mean, we're not. I don't think the seven that are out. And I guess what were they talking about today? Two hub cities, which I've yeah. heard for a while. And I think Vegas could offer full, uh, maybe free hotel rooms. They got enough hotel rooms and they just go off the food and whatever else anybody's spending what they're doing. I think yeah. that would entice them as Vegas is one spot. I don't know how they do a Canadian spot though and crossing the border. I, I don't know how they do that. But again, everything changes month to month. So yes. I don't know. I, I could I could see them starting mid-December with no fans and then if they're ready to do that and they say, no, we're going to have a vaccine in mid-January um, for sure. You don't think they're going to wait to put fans in and start in January and then you play through next season to August and the season after, maybe you can end mid July and the season after maybe you can end end of June. I think it's going to take three years to catch up. You get rid of the all-star yeah. game, rid of the bye weeks, but it's still, if you're, if you're going, it's You're going to go to the summer for the next two or three years. Rid of the all-star game. Yes. 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 <laughs> Finally. I know. Finally, I've yeah, been trying to get rid of it for years. Yeah, I'm uh, with you on that one. I but it's just that what they need is just a fan fest without the game because a city no, has it's it. great for the kids. The kids love yes. it, right? Yes. So so let yes. the kids do it. And and it's good for the city that hosts it. So I agree with Dan. Yeah, have some sort of fan fest, but uh they cannot figure out how to play a competitive or even semi-entertaining game. So they might as well just not do it. Yeah, but for, for corporate sponsorship, I mean, I know I know why they do. I, I, I get it. I, I know why they do it. But, yeah, for the rest of us, it, it really doesn't matter. They're, it's got to go away because they got to pick up for the next three years. They'll be picking up weeks, a week somewhere. Yeah. They gotta, um, yeah. uh, Kenny and Jay, I uh, dropped a line this weekend. I, I told uh, the story earlier how I stumbled upon a buddy who was having a baby shower in his driveway, drove by, saw it. And I, I said a line that... And by the way, was, by the way, that buddy, Mickey Redmond. Weird, weird, <laughs> strange. Weird, weird for Mickey to be having kids at this age, but I'm very proud of him. He's, you know, very So I, I, I dropped a line that no one appreciated, but you guys will, because they had like these, the balloons and the sign said, oh baby. So I came out and said, what? <laughs> this is this a party for Bob Cole? <laughs> no. Everyone's like, what? I'm like, oh baby, for sure. No one... <laughs> Somebody three doors Silence. down here about Silence. four or five days ago had a, had a birthday party 
and all the cops came by and you hear the sirens on the street all wishing her happy birthday. They got, I guess they knew somebody from the police department here in the suburb where I live. All the cops are on the street. I think someone's being arrested. It's a friggin' birthday. And then you got people <laughs> driving by with balloons out of the car. I was waiting. I, I texted my neighbor three doors down across the road. And I said, I finally, I thought they were coming to take you away. And they didn't. <laughs> birthday for an 11 year old. My Come, God. <laughs> coming to get you. It is, yeah. uh, it's a tricky time for, for birthdays and all that stuff right now. So, um, Kenny, how's uh, how's Stevie Y doing? And uh, is is return? And uh, you know, obviously, he's still putting a stamp on things. And a lot of a lot of the players are still Kenny Holland's players. And uh, how how's Stevie doing with the whole process? Well, you know, I think Kenny, when he uh, when he left, he stepped aside because uh, he was planning on staying. Although I think the January before Stevie was actually hired on April the nineteenth. In January, I walked in one night to the media room and I said, uh, you're going to Edmonton. And he said, why? Really? Said, you're going to Edmonton. Oh, yeah. And I said, you're going to Edmonton. And he said, why do you say that? And I just said, because I think you are. I think with Bob Nicholson, a relationship, that's where you're going. And at the time, I, I think he was really wavering whether he's going to stay or not. They gave him a great deal to stay. And I think I, I knew from even November before that, it, you know, once Stevie was had left Tampa, that he was, he was going to come to Detroit. And I think Kenny wanted that to be his legacy that he knew that it was time for him to go. I think the fans were on him probably more than they should have been. Every GM's got bad contracts. And yes, he tried to hold on longer for the rebuild. He wanted, because he was so loyal to Datsuk and Zetterberg, added some players, even though he probably felt in his heart of hearts they were done. And then you try to add to it. And you probably should have started earlier, but you had a new building coming. So anyway, I think that was, I think that's his legacy is he brought Steve Eisenman in and, the fans are all over that, and they should be. And he's the face of this franchise now. He preached patience from day one, um, you know, and similar to what Mike Babcock and Brendan were saying in Toronto at the time, there's going to be pain. But then if you get lucky in the draft and you, you know, and you pick right in Marner and you don't take Hannafin and you pick and you get the first pick and you got Matthews, all of a sudden that speeds it up. But Red Wings can only hope to get somebody like Lafreniere or Tim Stutzla. Um, and you know, maybe it's Byfield. I don't know, but you got to hit right for a couple of years. And I think they got a good base. They got a better defense coming than people think. So Stevie, you know, when Stevie picked most side or sixth overall, we all went, huh? And some had him ranked at, I think one web service had him ranked at like number five or six where Steve took him. Everybody else had him 15 to 30 had, had Ken Holland made that pick. He would have been vilified. Right. Oh, right. Right. But Steve Eisman made it. We go, okay. And now, from what scouts I talk to now, and talking to the guys in Grand Rapids, and Bob Kayser does a play-by-play there, he's the real deal. So right-handed defenseman, he's got size, he's smart. Um, most siders are real deal. So I think it was a great pick by Steve, and you hope you get another one this year and one next year, and all of a sudden you're on your way. Getting Boy, Lafreniere would be great, wouldn't he? Lafreniere oh, would just – oh, man, he yeah. looked- yeah, yeah, he would be. I mean, he's not hes not a, a center, you know, and that's what they really need. Stutzler can play some center, but he's really a winger, uh, a lot like Patrick Kane. But when you watch Lafreniere, but then, you know, a lot of people tell you Byfield's at 6'5", right? Lafreniere, the year before, World Juniors didn't do much. You didn't notice him. This year, you didn't notice Byfield. But scouts know better than, than any of us would. I don't see them enough to know the progression, right, when you're that young and 17 and 18 to 19 and, and where you're coming. So, But, yeah, I think Lafreniere would be pretty pretty good. And you got Mantha and you got Bertuzzi, you got Larkin, you got Zadina. Now, granted, they, they passed on Quinn Hughes and they took Zadina there. 
you know, they really want a defenseman, but Zadina fell and he was on their list. So you stick to your list and it took Zadina. I think if they had a do-over, um, you know, they were looking at Bouchard, I think, um, as a defenseman at that time too. So, it, you know, and they, 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 they pass on Hughes, but uh, it's coming. You, you got a lot to build on and they need goaltending. So there's, there, there are ways away yet. There are ways hey, away yet. But Steve, Steve Eisman would be. Ken, have yeah. you talked to any players and with the return to play, considering where the wings are in the standings, and they're like, no, we're good. We, we don't need to come back for anything. We don't need yeah. to do anything. Can you just leave us out of the plans? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think yeah. some have felt that way, but, but others, are, you know, it's more like you come back for 10 games or whatever they've got left, as bad as this yeah. year was. And yet the whole group in there in that room was great to deal with. I mean, they were very positive. And I think Jeff Blaschel's a wonderful coach. But I think to come back for 10 games, and you know there's always injuries in preseason, right? Guys always get hurt. It's groins or something to have that happen. And then all of a sudden now you you play 10 games and now you're off for two months because they're going to take a 40 to 55-day break in there. It, it, it does seem silly. But that's not going to happen anyway. So I don't think they're they're too concerned about it. Yeah. I mean, the guys I text with aren't really worried about it. Whatever will be, will be. And they're going about their life. and. If you can get back to hubs and start training, I guess they will because they'd like to get back on the ice. And, you know, you're right about that. I think there was some confusion. Pierre Lebrun talked about it on our show today. The 2014 proposal, I think a lot of people thought this was a 2014 Stanley Cup playoff tournament. No. But, in fact, it's not, right? It's it's actually no. everyone plays in to get to that 16-team <laughs> playoff. And then we yeah. move on from there. Right. It, it's a play-in. And, and that's the thing that I've got the – biggest problem with it's a play-in but let's say you've got a team like Montreal who's in that play-in and yeah. I don't you know the division why and let's say they were to knock off whatever they do they get in the play and they knock somebody off I, and and a team that was maybe right on the bubble or let's say Pittsburgh gets knocked out how do you then have a team that was never in the playoffs to begin with where Pittsburgh would be and then yeah. they're still drafting ahead of Pittsburgh that's, I, Kenny, I think it really comes down to, no, you're right. And I, we talked about it earlier before you joined us for this rehearsal before we start recording. Yeah, um, right. yeah exactly. We, 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 yeah, all of it's recording. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but we really did talk about it. And we said, like, there will be, if they do finish this season and award the cup, there will always be an asterisk on this cup. And that's why I hope that the Leafs win this cup. Because it will be <laughs> so much fun. It will be so much fun to always say to Leaf Nation, yeah, you won a cup, but is it a legitimate cup? <laughs> no, you see, I think it's a legitimate <laughs> cup. I think the funniest thing, if the Leafs were to win the Stanley Cup, would be they planned a parade for so many years and now they can't even have one. Yes. I know, that would I be, know. Yes. That would be absolutely hysterical. But no, I, you know what? In many ways, I think this is a tougher Stanley Cup to win, to come off the time, to get right back in it. Teams that maybe like Stan Coast, Tampa, or other players that were out that are hurt are now healthy and back in. I think pretty yep. much everybody's healthy. Now, you got to see when they're back in, if health continues, and who can ramp up quickly enough. But I don't know if the first round's the best three out of five. Okay, fine. So four to seven, four to seven, and then best to seven the rest of the way. I think it could be just as tough. I wouldn't even view it as an asterisk. The only asterisk to me would have been going into this season, whatever, would have been in baseball and the Astros. I don't think, and didn't they get a reprieve with all this? I, I Boy, think did they ever luck out. Didn't they? They lucked out, <laughs> seriously, on this one. I don't think this is. I don't think this one deserves an asterisk. I really don't. I mean, no more so than a 48, 
you know, game season or New Jersey Devils or whatever. I don't think so. I think this could be just as tough to win. And then you got some guys, maybe we don't know if somebody's going to test positive. Knock wood, hopefully nobody does. Or down the road, what if that happens? Or somebody gets shut down for a few days? I don't know. That's the, that's the big question. That they the, start going and then something happens. To the, the most unique thing I always uh, look to is if there's no season, how all these guys on their hockey cards will have a wiped out season saying like COVID-19 or pandemic on their hockey card, like back in the world wars, when there was world world wars, that's on yeah. their hockey card forever. It's just like, wow. And play in the NHL during that time. Remember Dan, we looked at it and we said the Spanish flu, what? And we thought nothing of it. Oh, the Spanish flu, they closed down for <laughs> Spanish flu in, in 1919. Are you kidding me? What's the, you know, the other thing, when you, you talk about that and on the hockey cards and that, I always wonder too, when, when the wiped out season, 0405 and we didn't play and you average a guy's career, I think they still counted that. Like, I think that was still a season, even though it wasn't a season. Right. How many years you played and then that brings down averages. I don't know. Yeah, I right. think, you know, the times have changed now and with the shootouts and everything else in so five, everything, everything's changed. Now, even if they went to a three point game and changed that, I mean, in the end, who's going to care? I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I love the best of five, by the way. I, I'm all for best of five. Like, <laughs> I'm the kind of guy I would love to see best of threes in the first round. Like, let's just get to it. You know what I mean? Let's get to it. Let's get going. Because it, it doesn't matter. I remember best of three was at LA against the Leafs and Yuri Sierra was in goal and there were some bad goals going in. I think it was that best of three time was, were you even born yet? I don't know if you guys. Yeah. Well, I remember, I remember best of three. I remember that the Oilers swept the Habs in a best of three. And it was the first, it was like the old Habs, Lafleur, and, and it was like the young Oilers. And it was sort of like, wow, this is a passing into the torch kind of moment. Um, there's something about best of three that's like so hilarious to me, right? It's just like over before you know it. Um, there's something I personally like about that concept. I mean, I realize some people are we're talking about like NCAA style, like one game kind of thing. I'm like, oh, okay, one and done. Know. Yeah. Can you but, imagine uh, coming all? Can you imagine coming all the way back after all this and having one and done? No. Oh my god, it'd be wild though. Yeah, you know? it'd be kind of wild. Like, yeah. like I just, I mean, because I love that you can rewrite it. anything is possible. So I love that you can rewrite the rules. It could be anything right now. But um, I, you know, it's obvious that we want hockey back on TV, right? We really want yeah. we want to see hockey. Um, one thing Dan pointed out, I think, over the weekend watching. Uh, the Bundesliga because uh, Toolsy's a huge Bayer Leverkusen fan um, <laughs> and he's watching uh, over the weekend and um, and he pointed you know it's funny because you say well you know hockey will be back there'll be no fans in the stands but it won't matter because it'll be on TV but um, Dan pointed it out you watch those German games without fans and it it feels like a like a you're watching practice like it doesn't it doesn't feel quite the same and I wonder about hockey too because when you watch hockey with a really quiet arena, Edmonton, and um, and there's that feeling, you know, where you're like uh, Calgary, yeah. and you feel like, and by the way, I'm from there, I can say those things. You you, you just you can hear everything, and it's going to be elevated even more, right? And it's I just think it's going to be really, and, really and because strange. and then the UFC with no crowd, it didn't really take away from the action. But yeah, in soccer, in a team sport, it takes away from it. You'd think so. And and I know they're going to have great positions for cameras now. And now they're worried about microphones. And, you know, when we do our games on Fox Sports Detroit, 
if we hear the F word, we have to apologize. I mean, it's a Fox right. mandate. You guys work there. I don't know how many times you guys swore on the air. But, All uh, the time. Every yeah. show, Ken. That's why we're not there anymore. <laughs> no, that's the people behind the scenes. Who are swearing. <laughs> if, uh, you know, we hear swearing, we, you know, apologize. And Mickey will make a joke about being a family show. But seriously, we have to do it. So I don't know what they're going to do beyond having players not spitting or or anything else that they're not supposed to be doing, swearing too, and you're going to hear it. But it'll be a good test whether they can do um, uh, virtual fans, whether they do crowd noise, whether Gary Bettman presents the cup and they have the booing. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. If he presents the cup, they got the booing. Yeah. They got to add it. They have yeah. to add Maybe. It. Yeah. And you know what? He'd love it. He would yeah, love he it. Would. He would. Yeah, you he know. would do it. Yeah, I know he would. So it, it's going to be very interesting to see and what it feels like. Um, I'm not sure, but uh, with it's time to experiment. And I know when, when we go into meetings, you know, we, we meet on a conference call with our Fox sports Detroit folks and so many freelancers are trying to get on unemployment insurance and out of work. And it's so hard. And, and they're all such, you know, good friends of all of ours. And we feel for all of them who are trying to get work and, and, and same in, in your area too. And we talk yeah. about that. What are the games yeah. going to be like? How are we going to present it? If, if even it's December and we're in a studio here and we're not going with the team and we're calling road games from a studio, do we still have to be socially distanced? And we're building the studio now here in Detroit so that we'll have that and off a monitor just in case. So everyone's preparing. I think, I think what we're going through now is going to change the look of TV going forward, whether they yeah. experiment with camera angles or yep. what they do. I think everything's going to be different. And if we can use this time and it proves to be better down the road, the things we're doing, you can look back and say, you know what, this came out of this. And just like the Shanahan summit, when, when it changed the game, uh, some things not as good, but many things a lot better. And you looked at the time, you go, crap. And then you think, okay, this progressed this way. Maybe this will do the same. Something good has to come out of all this crap that we're in right now. I Kenny, hope. So I guess what Kenny is saying is we're going to be doing our show from our kitchen and basement for the next decade. <laughs> well, do you worry I, about that? So you might be. I, a I'm little glad. bit. A little bit, Kenny. Kenny, <laughs> dropped, Kenny dropped my quarantine motto. It's time to experiment. <laughs> That's uh, it's kind of the words I live right by on. right now. Hey, we've okay. been able to no, hit record, we're stop. <laughs> yeah. Hey, right. Kenny, before we let yeah. you go, I want to get yeah. your, your best Gordy Howe story or what kind of a person he was, because the only story I have, um, Jay and I, we were at an event in Edmonton. For some reason, Gordy Howe was there. You know, everyone stays at the Westin in Edmonton. So yep. uh, a taxi cab picked me up. We pulled out of the, uh, the drive-thru, uh, the roundabout there. And I'm like, buddy, stop. Walking across in front of the, the taxi cab was Gordy Howe. I'm like, dude, you almost ran over Gordy Howe. He's like, who's that? I'm like, okay, never mind. So that was my only Gordy Howe encounter. Well, Gordy, Gordy's just a wonderful guy. And as a matter of fact, if you can, I know that, I know that Jay did, and I appreciate that. And I, what this, what this stoppage, this pause has got me to do is get on social media for Instagram. I'm not on Twitter. I do have a Twitter account, but I've never tweeted, so I wouldn't do that. That's not right in my mind, but I do follow it for news purposes, sports purposes, see what's going on. But I am on Instagram now at Ken Daniels TV, and I'm going to have you guys are going to love this. I mean, I brought back you know the old porn mustache from CBC days. <laughs> yeah, uh, I love it. <laughs> they classy Detroit, Ron Burgundy. Although, by the way. I think I have a new segment. Well, it's an old segment, but a great segment that I think I should be a part of. Are they related? John, John Tortorella. Tortorella. Yes. yes. Oh, I was just, just going to say that. Of course. <laughs> of course. And I should say too, that Brian Hayes, 
I'm surprised you haven't done Brian Hayes and Seth MacFarlane yet. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I never Fine thought one. about that. I know producer you know Tim's going to hate it. I know he's going to hate this because, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. I fall. I watch you guys all the time, as you know. <laughs> Gordy Howe story. So this week coming up on, on Instagram, uh, Ken Daniels TV, I've got Gordy Howe elbowing me in the head playing hockey. Danny Gallivan <laughs> is doing play-by-play, but I can't find the audio of it. So we dubbed the audio. Anyway, I'm... I'm killing a penalty and Gordy's on the power play and Gordy waited for me and I go down hard and we dubbed in <laughs> my call of it with Mickey. So that's Ken Daniels TV. And you're also going to see old Harold Ballard footage. Oh boy. Ooh, oh, we got some beautiful stuff with Harold and John Brophy. <laughs> if John Brophy were coaching today, man, when I got stuff of him doing a Val James <laughs> practice oh, and geez. he says a quote, he goes, you two butt out wise horses over there. I don't know what the hell that means. But we've got Brophy stuff coming up on my Instagram account, so wow. it's a lot of fun. That's what I've been doing. But a Gordy Howe story, that would be one. And then at that same fantasy camp, I'm going down the ice, and Gordy's behind me, and the puck's coming toward me, but I miss it. It goes down into the zone, and all I feel is this stick come right across my neck. And I turn around, and I said, F you to Gordy Howe. And I said, what the hell did you do that for? And he goes, because you were there. <laughs> that was it. And I'm in the dressing room then with Eddie Shack at the fantasy camp, and I got a picture of it. And I got a huge welt around my neck, but it was a badge of honor to be high stick by Gordy Howe. But what a gentleman, what a wonderful man, and I and I love his son Mark. We talk lots, and he's still director of pro scouting uh, with the Red Wings. And uh, great family, all of them, great family. Yeah, love Gordy, miss him dearly. Kenny, we can't wait for that. We can't wait to see that on your Instagram. I think we lost Jay. His phone was at 20% battery when we started this. He didn't know how long it would last, and this is how long it lasted. <laughs> there you go. You got to go. You got to go. Yeah. Uh, stay safe, my friend. Great hearing your voice. And, yes, we are doing Are You Related to John Tortorella this week on SportsCenter with Jay Dan. Thank you, and Torts would love that. Thank you. Yes, Appreciate would. it. Thanks, buddy. That's Ken Daniels, the voice of the Detroit Red Wings. Just a legend. Uh, Soft, did we lose Jay? It looks like it. How do you think things go? Ah, uh, spectacular. Was that a complete sentence I just said? I don't think so. Things went. I got the gist of it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, again, we're at the point of self-isolation where, yeah, I got the gist of it. Whatever. Who cares? Yeah, it's bigger problems out there. Yeah, like how long is this acorn squash going to It's still in there. It's still in there. Soft, you're the best, buddy. Can't argue that. See you next week. Bye-bye.
You're listening to the Jay and Dan Podcast. Brought to you by our friends at McDonald's. James Duffy presents the Rubber Boots Podcast. So we're sitting down at our table. The, the waiter comes up. And he's like profusely sweating. <laughs> and this is like 100% his first line to us. He goes, hello, I am not well. <laughs> I'm very ill. <laughs> you ate there? I came down with it yesterday. I've just not been good. Not good at all. Get it at tsn.ca and anywhere you get your podcasts.